Hello and welcome to the European Hoops podcast. We are a sports interest presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. Three times a week, every Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, we recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague. My name is André and these are my co-hosts Tiago Cordeiro and Diogo Valen. Ready to preview the first hand of the last doubleheader week of the season, guys? Yeah, we're ready. Uh, let's get to it. Tiago, let's get with you. On this episode, we will be previewing round 31st, that is the first hand of this uh, doubleheader week. And we will also be ranking the best small forwards of the competition. A reminder to our listeners that uh, we will be posting the preview of round 32 on Wednesday. Thursday we bring you the recap of round 31st. This will be coming out at evening. And the recap of round 32 comes out on Monday when we get back to our normal schedule with episodes coming out on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. With only four rounds to be played, it is all about the playoff fight and the seeding battles and we will start previewing by looking to the game between Maccabi and Virtus. Maccabi is a team that uh, stands in 6th place with 17 wins and 13 losses, while Virtus is trailing behind the playoff fight 2 wins below 8. In this game we expect Maccabi to, to be dominant playing at home and uh, trying to still fight for the 5th seed. Diog, what do you expect to see on this uh, this matchup between Maccabi and Virtus? Well, uh, I expect Maccabi to, to display their athleticism, which I think Virtus doesn't have much. Uh, so I think Maccabi should try to, to get stops and push the pace right away uh, I think they should be a, not be able I think they should want to to dominate this game from the start and have a big lead from the start because that will that will allow them to to manage the game and I think Lorenzo will have a big part in that uh, and I'm I'm so excited to see Wade Baldwin versus Daniel Eckett because mm-hmm. Eckett is a very good defender and Wade Baldwin has been playing at a elite level So uh, I really want to see how that goes. Uh, but I expect Maccabi to win, uh, especially a home game. You always have to expect Maccabi to win. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think they are the better team and, and I think they're going to get the job done. Tiago, what do you think? I think this game will be very good uh, to make the Maccabi case uh, on, their, that, on that they're improving on defense. I think it's a really good game against Virtus to show us that they can be consistent on that part of the game. Um, and I think that on a game like this, uh, missing Teodosic, if he misses, I think that Maccabi backcourt will dominate this one. To be Virtus' old legs against Maccabi Athleticism, it will be an interesting matchup to watch. Let's, uh, let's go quickly over Maccabi's schedule the rest of the way. Besides this uh, game against Virtus, they will be receiving Milano as well. They'll be visiting Salgiris and they'll be receiving uh, Real Madrid. Do you guys expect them to be able to contend with Fenerbahce for the fifth seed the rest of the way, having this schedule ahead? Fenerbahce, just for context, will be visiting Real Madrid on this round. Then they will be playing against Pasconi on the Spanish road trip receiving Efes and visiting Red Star. They have three hard road games and one home game against the Turkish rivals of Efes. Do you think we can see Maccabi leapfrogging them on the standings? I think they can. I think they have a legit chance uh, with that because uh, 
Uh, I was just checking if the to see if they had the tiebreaker against Maka uh, against Fenerbahce. The, they split it, but Fenerbahce won by more, so Fenerbahce has the edge. But Fenerbahce has a really tough schedule ahead, so that could happen. Maybe it won't. Uh, I don't think it will, but they have a chance for sure. I would guess that most teams are hunting this um, fifth spot. Uh, by most teams, I mean Fenerbahce, Maccabi and Partizan, that are the teams with legit aspirations to win in fifth, because while Monaco is a very good team, probably Real Madrid, Barcelona and Olympiacos are teams that uh, they will fear more. A first-round matchup between Monaco and Maccabi could be a very interesting one to watch, and we have teased it in the past. hyper duvalent matchup of the playoffs. <laughs> Tiago, do do you think that Maccabi could uh, have a chance against Marco, against Monaco in a potential first round series? I think that they could drive because um, I I would favor uh, Maccabi's backcourt versus uh, Monaco because of mismatches, because uh, because height of uh, Mike James height um, and Lorenzo and Way Baldwin athleticism. And I think it's about the physicality on the bigs. Maccabi could match uh, Monaco's physicality or go uh, stronger. I think that Maccabi would would uh, have a great opportunity here. Uh, obviously, I, I would like to watch it. It's it's very exciting uh, to have those guards battle it out. But yeah, it would obviously be entertaining. But I think there are better matchups in terms of. I don't know, in terms of like fit to be great basketball game. Um, but it would be entertaining for sure. And I would favor Monaco, especially with home court. I will favor the, the home court on this on this matchup. Whoever gets will have home court will be favors on this one. Let's continue and let's talk about Paratinaikos and Bayern, the next game on the docket. A game between 15 and 16 usually isn't a must-watch, but uh, a game between the prideful Bayern that sees their rival Alba approaching in the standings against a, a revamped Panathinaikos might be a, a good show and a game that might be worth a ton. And leaning to the home team is probably a consensus here. Uh, I would say that Panathinaikos will come into this game as potential favourites. What will be the keys in this game for both teams and uh, what can Bayern do to, to get this win? Well, uh, I, I agree with you. I think Panathinaikos should be the favorite. I think they will win this game. Uh, but for Bayern, they need to be physical, like they usually are. Uh, they need to be physical, and they need Lusic to win the matchup against Wayne Bacon. I think without Lusic producing offensively, uh, Bayern doesn't really have a chance to win games. I think they need him to step up and to be the player that they all expect him to be. So... Uh, I, I would think I think Bayern has a, a good chance of putting up a fight and maybe stealing this one, but but I would favor Bayern tonight. Are the rebounds the key here, Tiago? Yeah, for sure. Uh, on the last game, Panathinaikos uh, shown that they weren't uh, focused on that part of the game on the rebounds. Um, but if they can if they can control the glasses, I, I think that uh, Panathinaikos will be. Uh, the team that come out of this game. And I'm looking forward to see if they can keep up their good momentum, if you can call it like that, uh, to show that they belong on a hero league. Paratinakos has a historical track record that uh, guarantees that uh, they belong in this competition. They are just not... Uh performing as good as they have uh, have uh, shown us in the past and we want to see them back there because they have one of the 
more enjoyable home courts and some of the best fans in the competition. Do you agree with Diogo that the matchup to watch is between Lutsic and uh, Baikan? Or are there other matchups on this game that you think that uh, will be worth tracking and that can be crucial to decide the outcome of this game? No, I agree with Diogo for sure. It's it's the best two players on this game, so I agree with Joke. Probably the team that uh, can take better care of the ball and can dominate the glass will uh, will come out of this game with uh, the win. Let's continue and uh, let's move on to Efes against Milano. This is a game we we can't miss as it uh, almost uh, certainly will crush the playoff dream for one of these two teams. Both are tied. For 10th, one game below 8. Milano is uh, ultra hot with 8 wins out of their last 9 games and playing some of the best basketball in Europe. Efes has lost 4 out of their 5 games, including must-win games against uh, Red Star, Partizan and Alba. But uh, let's not uh, take the lazy approach here and just uh, pick uh, the team that is hot, that I would favor, but uh, let's break down what each team needs to do to win this game. What will be the keys for this enticing matchup, Diogo? Well, I think uh, for FH, I think they need to put Elijah Bryan guarding uh, Shabazz Napier because uh, Misic and Larkin, uh, I wouldn't say, are the, the best defenders for Napier. Uh, because of his explosiveness and his ability to score. So, and I think with Elijah Bryant, they could maybe limit him a little bit and maybe they can get stops with that and run, hopefully. <laughs> uh, but we know they don't usually do the right thing. So that maybe won't happen. Now for Milano, they just got to keep playing the way they're playing. They got to play faster on offense like they usually are with Napier controlling it. And they, they just got to get stops. If they do a good job guarding the pick and roll, they, they get stops because FH doesn't play any other way. And uh, I think they have to be physical with Misic and with Larkin because they, they don't like the contact and they've been hurt. So we they got to play defense aggressively and force them uh, to go away from their game because they don't they haven't shown no proof of success without the pick and roll. So, yeah, I think these are the keys. But for sure, uh, Napier and Misic is my matchup for this game. And uh, it's a must-watch, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Elijah Bryant can, can be an interesting matchup for uh, for Napier and to try to, to compete and slow down the Bilada's offense. In the end of uh, FS last game, we saw their coach saying that... Uh, they are done, that they are out of the playoffs and uh, good luck for the other teams, but uh, they are still in the, in the picture. Do you think, uh, Tiago, do you think that uh, this is a way for him to motivate them, their players and call them out and uh, make them step up and perform at the, the level that they need to on this game? I think Adamant is playing uh, mind games, not just with uh, his players, but with the, the other teams. To kind of like the other teams to not care about FS, but I think they, they can be on the playoff picture. Uh, and to, if he's trying to motivate his players, I don't think it's the right way, but uh, moving on to the game, if Milano plays the, the way that they're playing, I think that uh, they they will win for sure. And Because if they're playing the, the faster way, uh, evolving all guys and defending, because they were and they are a real good defensive team, 
I think that they will uh, throw Efes out of their game, uh, getting easy baskets, getting transitions. Um, but what Efes needs to do, it's like Diogo said, to try and stop Napier. And they have guys who can do that. Uh, Elijah Bryant, uh, Roger Bubois is a real good defensive player too. But yeah, I think that Milano, uh, I would favor Milan for sure. And it's not just about momentum, it's about feeding and mismatches. It'll be a, an interesting game to watch where one of the teams will for sure be out of uh, playoff contention by the end of this game. Let's move on to another team that uh, currently stands in 8th place, Pasconia, with a uh, 15-15 and 15 record and tied with Salgiris. Pasconia will be receiving Alba. After Pasconia's big road win against Real Madrid, they lost their last three games, so they are really need to bounce back. Last time around, Alba got the win in Berlin, 85-84. But in Vitoria, the home team can't allow that to happen in order to hang onto their playoff seeds. Will we see Basconi bounce back on this game, Duke? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, if if they're trying to make the playoffs, there is no way they should be able to lose this game. Uh, even though Alba has shown that they are playing better and that they have a, a, ch- a shot at beating these type of teams. Uh, I, I just don't see it happening back-to-back. So I think Bascoigne is going to get the win. Uh, they struggled a lot against Red Star, so I expect this game to be uh, a shootout, and I think Bascoigne will succeed playing at home, and, and I see them winning this game. Um, uh, I will leave the the bigs matchup for Thiago to, to mention Sigma, and, and I, will, I'll, I just want to see the guards on this. Uh, Marcus Howard and Darius Thompson. Uh, and Maldolo and Julian Smith. I think that's going to be very interesting. But I think Basconi is going to win this game comfortably. What do you think, Tiago? I'm not saying comfortably, but I'm saying like in the seven-point range, I think that Basconi will win this one. I think that Marcus, Marcus Howard can can have a, an off night uh, back-to-back. He only had three points on the last game. And I don't think that Alba would create problems on him on the on the offense like the same way that um, Red Star did it. So if if Basconi's backcourt uh displays full potential, I think that they will win for sure this one. Let's move on into partisan game against Barcelona. This game can't come soon enough for me after what we just saw Partizan doing to Olympiacos. I want to see more of that. A win on this game will get Partizan as close as they can get to, to lock a playoff spot and they certainly want to do it because their schedule don't get uh, much easier. They will be receiving Real on the next round followed up by a visit to Monaco and ending the season against Paratinaikos at home. Will Partizan be able to give Barcelona the same issues they gave to Olympiacos? I'll say yes. And I'm going to pick Partizan to win this game. I think the, they want to keep that momentum that they have right now going into the playoffs and playing at home. If they can win this game, I, I don't think there's a, a better win to get than against Barcelona. And especially after beating Olympiacos because... That would mean, I think that would give them confidence to, to go into the playoffs thinking like, okay, we can compete with these guys. And they're probably going to be um, um, a lower seed uh, from that 5 to 8 range. And having that confidence going against the, the top teams is super important for them going into the playoffs. But I think they're going to be able to win this game 
Yeah. And it's going to be a very good one, for sure. First of all, I would say no. Uh, I think that uh, Barcelona will have uh, the upper hand here. And the key, in my opinion, is I think that Partizan can't defend uh, Mirotic or Sadoreski. I think that they will... Um, they will have problems guarding the ball. Uh, and against Olympiacos, the key for them was guarding the off-ball movements. And that's 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 where uh, Olympiacos thrive. Uh, but in Barcelona situation, they can play uh, on bo with ball in off-ball situations. So I think that the key for this game is Barcelona uh, has the better players and play really good. But in Barcelona case, Barcelona has guys who can put the ball in the basket on one-on-one -on -one situations, like Mirotic, Corey Higgins, even Sadoreski. And I don't think that Partizan uh, can defend that well on the 40 minutes. Uh, so I'm favoring Barcelona to win this one. Very well. It will be a, an interesting matchup to, to watch for sure and eventually a preview of a first round of the playoffs. So it's worth to tune in for. Can I just ask, who do you have? Uh, for me on this game, I, I would favor Barcelona. I side with Thiago on this one. I think uh, Partizan is performing great. And like I, I said, I can't wait for, for this game to come. I think this will be a very interesting game because I want to see and I believe we want to see if Partizan can keep it up and how far they can push it. But um, I think Barcelona has those, those top solutions that um, can take over hard games and uh, I think they will want to win. I don't think Barcelona wants to risk to trail to, to fourth place and uh, I believe that uh, they want to, to take this step and guarantee that they will have home court advantage and uh, maybe even catch up Real Madrid or Olympiacos up there. So I, I'm favoring Barcelona on this one. I think Barcelona is starting to play better and uh, they have the, the options. I agree with Thiago on this one and I, I'm picking uh, Barcelona side here. Let's continue. Let's uh, talk about another team fighting for for the, the playoffs on Salgiris, they will be receiving Monaco. It will be another very interesting matchup to watch with uh, four rounds to go. Every game gains a new meaning. And for Salgiris, a win means to jump into the eighth place or at the very least to keep the tie that they have for that position with Pasconia. Monaco, on the other hand, they want to secure home court advantage. They are two wins ahead of Fenerbahce in a good position to do it. And the win in Kaunas will for sure be a step in that direction. The visitors come into this game with five wins on the, their last five games. How do you see this this one unrolling, Diogo? I think this is going to be a, a very tough game for both, for both teams. Um, we know Zalgiris always makes it tough uh, on everybody, especially at home. And Monaco has been playing very good. Uh, we still don't know if Mac James is going to play this game or not. Uh, but I think Zalgiris will be able to bother Monaco a lot. And this is going to be very tough. Uh, I think I'm leaning Monaco uh, because of how well they are playing. And But if John Brown can play, I think he's a big part of, of their ability to defend. So... That concerns me a little bit. So maybe Zalgiris can get it done. Uh, either way, I, I think it's going to be a very good game. And we'll see how it goes. But it's a very important game for both teams. Because obviously Zalgiris is fighting for the playoffs. And Monaco uh, trying to secure home court advantage. And maybe even getting to the third seed. I think it's going to be a very good game. 
with Monaco playing at the level that they are playing, with or without Mike James. The indications have been that uh, he is now available for the team. I think it's more of a coach decision at this moment. In the end of last game, it was interesting to see the declarations of Monaco's coach. He was pointing out how pleased he is with... Uh, the players and he singled out Lloyd or Kobo and he left out Mike James so there is some attrition going on there but Mike James for sure is one of the elite players of the EuroLeague and he's an important piece for the Monaco success this season so it's hard to pick against Monaco I agree with with Diogo here I think that uh, Monaco is the best team heading into this game Zalgiris had, has a 10-4 and record at home. They are fighting for dear life and they are fighting for the chance to get into the playoffs and try to perform a surprise and be playing the final four at home. Something that for, they for sure want to do. It will be hard, but uh, I also have to favor the one that I think is, that is the, the best team and that will be at the moment and that will be Monaco. Do you agree, Tiago? No, I don't agree. Uh, I'm leaning to Zalgiris. Uh, it depends on who's available and who's not on the Monaco side. But I'm leaning to Zalgiris. They play at home. Uh, I think that they have all guys available to play. And in this case, I think that the, with against Monaco, they have good situations to 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 play uh, on the game because Ulanovas uh, uh, might have some mismatches, brass deckies. And so, yeah, I'm leaning to Zalgiris. But on the Monaco side, uh, I'll, I would like to see John Brown uh, again playing. It's really unfortunate because they they were stepping up on D, if you can call it like that. And it's really bad for for not having him because it's it was a good game. It's a good game for to see them defending. John Brown, if it's confirmed that he will miss some time and it to look too bad the injury and uh, I would be surprised if he's playing he would be an important piece for them to be able to match some physicality and some size on the forwards from Zalgiris and uh, they will miss him dearly if he's not available for this game let's continue and let's move on to the game between Red Star and Valencia two teams with uh, long shots to, to make it into the playoffs they'll be facing each other on a game that we can expect to be physical and competitive in my opinion I'm uh, favoring the, the home team on this game but uh, Red Star have shown that uh, sometimes they cannot be consistent from game to game and uh, if they are not able to translate what uh, they were able to do on the, their last matchup Valencian can for sure give them trouble what will you be tracking on this game and uh, which side will you pick on this game Dio? yeah I'm picking Red Star to win it um, I'm looking forward to see Campazzo and Chris Jones of course but also um, Petrusev and Dublevich I think those are going to be very interesting matchups I think Red Star at home, uh, they're going to be able to, to get some energy and to, to push the pace, but that, that is a, a dangerous game to play against Valencia because the way they shoot the ball and the amount of times they shoot the ball, uh, things could get ugly for, for Red Star if they don't succeed on, the, on those transition offense. So I think it's going to be a very good game, uh, a close one too. Because of Valencia's ability to shoot the ball, I think they can get they can stay close on any game and they can win any game. So I'm looking forward to see it. But if Red Star can do a, a decent job guarding the three point line, I think they're going to be able to get this win. I think that uh, Red it's like Diogo said, if Red Star can guard the three point line, uh, they will they will uh, they will give trouble to Valencia because 
Valencia in the last game scored 12 out of 38. It's a really bad three-point percentage. Uh, and I think that if uh, Cervantes Vesda can um, do the same, can give the same problems that uh, they gave against Basconi, because Valencia and Basconi play in a similar way, I think that uh, Cervantes Vesda will win this one. And it's about consistency, because we already mentioned it. Right. Uh, Cervantes Vesa consistency game by game it's not it's not the best uh, they tend to win one and then lose the other one against for example Alba Berlin uh, so let's see if they can build uh, from the from the last game against Basconia I agree with you guys and I think that this is a game where Red Star are favorites to get the win let's continue and let's uh, move on to Greece where Olympiacos will be receiving Asvel this is a perfect spot for Olympiacos to bounce back and I expect them to do it and uh, to stay on the fight for the first place Asvel can't uh, match their talents and uh, at home I expect Olympiacos to dominate what matchups will be key for this game Duke? Thomas Walkup and Nando De Colo uh, but, I mean, I just think it's going to be a, a blowout, a big one, too. Uh, Asvel doesn't have doesn't have the options or, or the talent to, to keep up with Olympiacos for long. Maybe they can make it tough on them for a quarter or two, but I just see Olympiacos blowing them out, and I think Sasha is going to have his way uh, on this game. So, yeah, it, it shouldn't be close at all, but yeah. We'll see what happens. Especially after a, a loss, I'm pretty sure that Olympiacos will want to come in strong. Uh, I expect a blowout too. Uh, I think that uh, will be a good game for uh, Olympiacos to bounce back. Olympiacos has kind of uh, luck on the schedule because when they have a, a, a bad game, when they lose, they will play against uh, a weaker team. So it's it's good for them to have the to have this this schedule and to. I think that they will secure this win, for sure. Uh, I'm looking forward to see Thomas Walkup against Nando De Colo. I think that the, it will be a great matchup to watch. We all want to see how Nando De Colo will perform against uh, probably the best guard defender of the, the EuroLeague. It will be something interesting to watch, even if maybe it won't last for very long because the game might get out of hand. Let's uh, preview the last game of uh, round 31, the game between Real Madrid and Fenerbahce, a big game between two potential title contenders. From a contender to the first place in Olympiacos, we move on to another one in Real that uh, both are trying to win the regular season of the EuroLeague. Real Madrid has a way harder challenge against Fenerbahce than Olympiacos has against uh, Haswell, at least theoretically. What uh, do you expect to see on this game and do you see Fenerbahce being able to pull out a win that uh, keeps their hopes of home court advantage alive? Do you? I don't see Fenerbahce uh, winning this game. Like you said, uh, it, it's a big difference from Olympiacos' opponent to Real's opponent, but I think the result will be the same. Yeah. Not a blowout, of course, uh, yeah. but I think Real Madrid will get, will get the win as well. Uh, I just don't see Fenerbahce having the ability to counter Real Madrid's options. So I think Real is going to be able to, to get the job done at home. I expect a big game from Musa, and I think Walter, Walter Tavares is going to make a big difference on the defensive end. And... Real already won the game in Turkey, so I expect them to do the same thing in Spain. And I think Real gets the gets this win. I guess we, we need to favor the 
the home team here. Tiago, do you think that Real Madrid is favorites to beat Fenerbahce? Or like I asked Diogo, do you, do you think that Fenerbahce can pull out a, a win and uh, with that still uh, try to achieve home court advantage? I think that uh, Fenerbahce can pull out the win. I'm leaning to that uh, because I think that they Fenerbahce have answers to, to Real Madrid because Real Madrid is really good on the wings and I think that Nigel A is, is stepping up uh, on on defense no, in, but uh, on offense too. Um, it's unfortunate for them to not have Wilbekin but I think that they will have the firepower and Tower Dorsey is, is uh, it's getting there. Or it's getting to his his usual his usual self, so I'm leaning to Fenerbahce, but Real Madrid with Abalde now with guys uh, coming back, this will be a, a really good matchup for sure. It might be one of the games of the the week. Both teams will want to win it. Fenerbahce on one side to not uh, fall behind the, the fifth place that they currently are and to still try to achieve home court advantage. They cannot uh, give away any matchups the rest of the way. And Real Madrid, on the other hand, to try to stay on the fight for the first place and try to leapfrog Olympiacos on that fight where they are tied. But uh, Olympiacos have the head-to-head tiebreaker advantage. Let's uh, end this episode by ranking the best small forwards on the EuroLeague, like we did for point guards and shooting guards, the players' positions are slightly fluid, so we will be ranking for which one of our experts who are their top five best uh, small forwards on the, the competition. Let's start with uh, Diogo here. And who were your honorable mentions? Who are the, the small forwards that didn't make your final top five cut? Okay, so my first mention is Alpha Diallo from Monaco. Um, I don't think he's seen as uh, a top-tier uh, small forward in EuroLeague, but I really like his game, and I think he, he gets the job done. He does what he's asked to. Sometimes he scores, sometimes he assists. Uh, I, I really like his game a lot. And my other mention is a, a guy that I would have as my number five, but he was hurt for most of the season, so I can give him that just yet. I, I need to see him perform. And it's Siobhan Shields from Milano. Uh, I think he's a, a very good scorer, a, a very complete player. And uh, I like him a lot. I, I just want to see more because he, he just came back from injury. But he's a very good player, so I had to mention him. And uh, Shields just had uh, just show some good flashes on Milano's last game. And for sure, he's uh, one of the good players of this EuroLeague. Tiago, who are your honorable mentions and who are the players that... Uh, didn't make your final top five cut. Alpha Diallo, for sure. I agree with Yogi. Such an underrated player, so I have to put him here. A TLC, uh, although he is not being that consistent, he can have games over uh, fifteen and then have games of scores three points. But I think that he's a good wing uh, and a two-way player, so I have to put him here and. It's it's kind of like this will be an odd take, but I'm I'm putting Bacon here, Dwayne Bacon, as a honorable to mention. Okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Okay, very well. So let's start and let's start from bottom to top. Let's start with Tiago here and uh, tell us who is in fifth place of your top five. 
in the fifth place, I got the American American wing from Fenerbahce, Nigel Ace. Uh, he's becoming a, a really good offensive player. He was uh, an elite defender, but he's showing uh, some improvements on the offensive side. So I have to put him here on this on the fifth spot. Very well. Uh, certainly worth it. Worth uh, top five small forward for the early. Do you agree, Diogo? And who do you have in fifth? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I agree with Thiago, and I have <laughs> I have him fifth as well. We don't like to agree much, so this is this sucks. But but yeah, I have Nigel Hayes Davis number five. Uh, he's having a very good season. He's always been a, a very good defender, but the improvements he has shown offensively is to me it's the the thing that's most worthy to talk about because he's shooting the three, he's driving, he's scoring in the paint. He really deserves this credit. So I have a number five. Yeah, and you guys just mentioned Diallo before and Nigel now. Who is the best uh, small forward defender in the, in the EuroLeague? Who do you guys would give the, the number one spot as a small forward defender? Who would you have, Do I would probably have Nigel Hayes-Davis. Uh, may... Uh... Yeah, Nigel Hayes-Davis. Uh, maybe Kalinic uh, deserves a mention here. Uh, but I just think Nigel Hayes is longer in terms of his wingspan and all. So I'm going to give it to him. Do you, do you agree, Tiag? Yeah, I agree with Diogwin. I think that Kalinic can be on these conversations too. But I'm leaning to Nigel Hayes. It's, it's an athletic player with uh, a long wingspan. So I'm leaning to Nigel Hayes. Very well. In fifth place, the probable best small forward defender of the year league uh, ranks in fifth in both of our experts' uh, rankings. Diogo, let's keep climbing. And who do you have in fourth place of your top five? Yeah, so in fourth place, I have uh, the American wing from Panathinaikos. because I have Dwayne Bacon here. Uh, I just think his ability to score the ball at this, at this level is very high. And... I just don't see many small forwards better than him. So uh, I have him above Nigel Hayes-Davis because of his ability to, to create offensively. Because even though Nigel Hayes-Davis has improved a lot, I mean, he, he's not a guy that you give him the ball and say, hey, go get a bucket. And Dwayne Bacon is is kind of dead at the EuroLeague level. So I have him over four. I think Zalgiri's coach might disagree with you about uh, <laughs> Nigel going to get a bucket after his performance on the last game. I'm obviously joking. I have absolutely agree with you. Bacon is a much bigger offensive threat. And uh, I know that uh, we probably already spoiled it uh, on our shooting guards ranking, but maybe our listeners don't remember it. But uh, not only Thiago doesn't have Bacon on his top five, he also has a different player on his top four, but we will certainly get to that. Tiago, who do you rank in fourth place? On my fourth, on the fourth place, I got a former NBA, an Australian player from Partizan. I have Dante Exum. I know, I know you can play him on the two spots or you can play as a guard, but I think that he is showing that he can play on the wing. In this, he's striving more play on the wing than playing on the, on the ball and on the guard position. Uh, he's averaging 13 points. He's scoring, he's scoring in a real good level. Um, he's shown some improvements on the three-point line. He's averaging like 38.5%. So I think with his athleticism, I think that he, he, 
is is a lock on my fourth spot. Do you do you agree that uh, Exum belongs in the small four rankings, and who do you have in the your third spot? Yeah, uh, I understand. To me, uh, I see Dante Exum more as a guard, a two guard, uh, but that. On Partizan's team, sometimes he does play the three, so I understand Thiago's pick. I don't have him in my small forward list, but I understand his pick. Uh, my number three is uh, also a former NBA player, lottery pick, uh, Mario Hezonia. Um, I think he's he doesn't have the same role as Dwayne Bacon, but I think he's a better overall player. Uh, I just think if he was on a, t uh, a lower-tier team, and he was the number one option, uh, I think he would be seen as a, a better player. Um, I, I just think he's, mo he's more complete. He can do more things. He's a better shooter. So, uh, I just, like last game, he performed at such a high level for Real Madrid. Uh, I just wish that they could use him consistently as that. But uh, I have Mario number three. Tiago, do you have Zonia number three or who is your number three? Yeah, I have Mario Zonia my number three spot. It's in the but like Diogo said, it's in if he plays if he played on uh, a lower team, like for example, an Zalgiris team, I think that the he would average more points. He would be a, a really good, uh, even more, a really good player. Uh, his three point line is elite. He's still shooting forty six percent. It's what you want from a wing. His overall uh, stat set is really good. Um, I would I would like to see him being more aggressive. I think it's lacking on him, but it's it's my number three for sure. With Isonja being the number three for both of you, Tiago, tell us who is your number two. And uh, just a quick question: Do you happen to have two Real Madrid players on this top five? Yeah, you already previewed that. I think <laughs> that my number two will be the same number two that Diogo, but we'll see. Uh, I have Zavin Musa. Uh, from uh, Real Madrid, uh, and it's like the same. He has a, a bigger role than Mario Azonia, uh and he's showing that he can be that player. He's, he's he can score from the from the tree, can can drive. He's an athletic wing too, not not that athletic comparing to Nigel Ace, but he's he's, he's athletic for an European player. Um, so yeah, I have to put him on my number two. Diogo, I don't think you will have Musa because you rank him as a guard. Yeah, I had him. I had him number one on my shooting guard list. Yeah. So who do you have on your number two as a small forward? Yeah. My number two is Vladimir Lucic from Bayern Munich. Uh, he's, he he spent some time hurt, but I think when healthy, he he's one of the best wings in the in the competition. He's very athletic. He's an elite defender, and his offensive game has improved so much over the past few years. Uh, he has become a, a very good shooter, and he can, he's, like I said, he's athletic. He can he can get rebounds. He can drive to the basket. He's just a very good player. I just wish he could stay healthy, so so that we can see him play. But I like his game a lot, so I have him number two. Very well. Let's not waste any time and let's uh, crown the the best small forward of the Euroleague. And let's see if you both are in agreement of who the best small forward of the Euroleague is. I'm pretty sure we are. <laughs> Sounds like it. So let's. I will have a count until three, and you both will announce who the okay. forward of the Euroleague is. So one, two, three. Will Clyburn. 
Very well. Let's start with Tiago here and give give me your reasons. Uh, my reason is is the best two way player that we have on on Euroleague. I think I think we can agree. It's not he's not the best defender. He's not the best offensive player, but overall is the best. Is the best wing. He's averaging seventeen points this this season. He, if if Anadolu Efes wasn't on this situation, I think that he would be on the MVP conversation. He can he can shoot from the mid range. He can shoot from from three points. He averaged six rebounds. He's really good. Um, but yeah, I would like to to see Efes performing real good for him to be even better. Kefas could take more advantage of his game and maximize his performances, but uh, even with uh, their play style for this season, he's still performing at a very high level, and I agree with Yago, he could be on the MVP race if uh, the team performance was better. Yeah, I just think, uh, like Thiago said, he's a very good two-way player because he, he's a decent defender, but offensively, uh, I don't agree with Thiago because Thiago said uh, he may not be the best offensive player, but to me, at least at the wing position, but I would argue uh, in the entire EuroLeague, um, he is the best offensive player. Uh, I just think offensively he has no flaws in his game. He can shoot the three, the mid-range, he can drive, he can post up. He's so gifted offensively. And obviously, Thiago said he averages 17 points a game and they don't even play to him. Like He's like the third option on that team uh, um, after Misic and Shane Larkin. So, I think if they were to use Will Claburn correctly, he would easily be at the, in the 20s because I think he's that gifted of, a, of an offensive player and easily the best small forward in this league, for sure. We crown Will Claburn as the, the best small forward of the EuroLeague on this European Hoops episode. Let's wrap it up. Make sure you guys tune in Wednesday when we will be previewing the round 32, the second hand of this doubleheader. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague, where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports, and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre, and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Thank you, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the same as we did, and stay tuned for more. Bye, guys. See you on next episode.